Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome back. I know it's been a long, long month of hiatus from the Social Podcast, but we yes. back. We, we back after back. a long, long month break, and we got a lot to talk about, okay? So we got Ernest here. We got myself, Eric, Armani, and a special guest, JG. So That's we're going to so talk today, this episode, about the Bulls 11 and 18 start their struggles, and you got news coming out from Shams about the riffraff in the locker room. Um, Knicks seven game win streak currently, right now, they're playing the Warriors at home and they're up 60 to 48 second quarter. Um, is this is this streak sustainable or not? We're going to answer that. Um, the Warriors road struggles, they are currently their fourth game, no, their fifth game of the sixth game East Coast road trip. They won their previous game at Toronto. They're down 12 against the Knicks. They also they finish up tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets. So it's going to be a rough one, along with Steph Curry being out. So they got a lot of work to do. Also, speaking of Lakers, injuries. another Jesus another Christ. another injury for Anthony Davis. Unfortunately, <laughs> a left a, was a, a right foot injury. We don't know. So, okay, it's we don't know. So. So this is his second. So it's his second, his second injury of this season. So I'll cut off my foot and gave it to AD. <laughs> I ain't doing all that. But um, he needs something. But, yeah, something. <laughs> but um, he was playing well um up to that foot injury. So MVP they got again depending on LeBron, and he was out last last game against the Suns last night, and they got trounced by the Suns. And we don't talk about the Suns later later on this episode because. There's yes, new ownership. Uh huh. New ownership. They new just sold for four billion dollars. Like four billion dollars. So yeah, that's and that and we gotta watch out for that because you know the CBA negotiations they're going ongoing. They extended to February, along mm-hmm. with the trade deadline. So yeah. what? So those those little nit nit nitbits you gotta look out for that because stuff is gonna change in the NBA in the collective bargaining agreement. So oh, we're gonna get to all that and so. Since let's, our guest JG is here, let's. But before we before we get to JG, before we get to JG, mm-hmm. Eric, get out your victory lap. We're, we're, let, let's just kick it off with the New York Knicks. Let's just kick it off with the Knicks because I want to okay. get into this stuff because I was on the record that mm-hmm. I I truly didn't believe in the Knicks. That's kind of been like my sentiment, you know, ever since I don't. Ever since I questioned the front office of what what direction they were going, the fans were clamoring for the young guys to play, but then like you have the front office who who wants the young guys to play, but they're signing these vets. And then Tom Thibodeau, in in the beginning, weren't playing the young guys, and a lot of fans were at risk with Tom Thibodeau and and, and how his rotations were set. And I, I just thought there was no direction, and I think the Knicks were going nowhere fast. Now, as we get to December twentieth, twenty twenty two. 
the Knicks have the longest standing uh, winning streak currently right now in the NBA. Um, seven seven games straight. Uh, looks like they're going to win eight. Man, who would have thought? I, you know, so Jalen Brunson, all the chatter in the offseason about the overpay. It's, I know, Eric it's, is it's loving this right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's paying off the, the amount of riffraff Eric took in the offseason. Uh, and the vitriol, I don't like expect I so. And the, the, <clears throat> the constant belittling of the front office of the New York Knicks, I have to now take my lumps as my GM, Rob Lincoln, sits on his ass and does nothing to improve our team. Now, um, to the Knicks, is this sustainable, Eric? Um, I think it is. I think because, one, no, but I think there's a reason why I say it because now with him shorting, with Tim showing the rotation and putting in the young guys that we've been screaming about, like the McBrides, the Quentin Grimes, um, Jericho Sims getting minutes. Um, he had to he had to, to cut down the rotation and bench Evan Fournier, um, Derek Rose, um, Cam Reddish, who was in the um, who was in the rotation. Now he's back out. Can I ask and a now we just and, and early um, we just seen that um, Quentin Grimes he's down the floor with just he got hurt again. So I got a question real quick about Cam Reddish. Like, I, mm-hmm. what's what's the things that you're like? What's the issue? Because it's like at, at one point I'm like, okay, maybe you know he's young, coming from Atlanta, wasn't a lot of minutes for him. A lot of guys played the same position as him in Atlanta. I, I thought going to New York he'll thrive because it'll, it'll be more opportunity for him. Thibodeau gives him this runway of starting and getting all these minutes, and then now like. He, you know, when he, when he got traded, you guys gave him a pick for him. You guys traded him for him. Um, he didn't get minutes to start while the fans were clamoring for him to get minutes. He gets minutes. He actually performs well and then gets pulled again to the bench. I'm, I'm just confused. Then we hear, like, the trade chatter, the, the, the trade chatter about Cam Reddish wanting to, you know, get out of New York because he's not getting opportunities. I'm just confused. I think the kid is legit. But is there, like, any – is there any personal problems or – I don't know. It's it's weird that a young guy like that with that much upside gets moved or, you know, gets moved once and then all of a sudden his next destination he's getting talked about being moved again. So going to the season, going to training camp, Tibbs was Tibbs was on was out front saying that the two guard position, the smoke, the shooting guard was in play. So and so it was and Fournier, Quentin Grimes, and Cam Reddish. We all knew, well, us, us the fan base, we kind of knew that Quentin Grimes was going to get that starting shooting guard rotation spot, but he had a foot injury, so he had um, so he decided to, to play Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier in the rotation as basically like holding spots for when Quentin Grimes gets back healthy. So you had Cam Reddish, he plays, you know, he, he plays his, um, a couple, a couple games. He was up and down. He had his good moments. He had his not so good moments. Um, even though he's a big six eight guard with a seven foot wingspan, um, there was there was rumblings about him. Is like his motor. He's not he's not bringing it bringing it out every night in, in games. His defensive effort was not there sometimes, and and like during during before the win streak and 
early in the season, their Knicks defense was not good at all. It was like they were like bottom five in defense and defensive rating, and which was which was, which was not good. And on top of that, they were giving up hundred. They gave up hundred forty to the Thunder at home. They had that big game. They had that big league at, against Dallas, and they blew it. They're up fifteen, and they're lost by twenty. And that kind of like signal for time, like okay, changes need to be made, especially on defense. On defense, because that's his calling card, defense. And and there was and there was rumblings about at the time they were ten and thirteen, and if they had lost a couple more games after that, changes would have been made, like major changes. So I so with with Cam, it's like at first when the Knicks traded for him back in April, back in last January, it's like okay, gave up Kevin Knox in the, in the first round pick, okay, and where are the Knicks gonna come from? So he didn't play. He got a couple of D, a bunch of DMPs, but also he started playing, started playing well. Then he um, injured his shoulder against the Kings, and that was it for him. So all right, I, I mean, so, I, I, I so just, it's I like just find so it. plus, but also, also it's like where were the maze gonna come from? Because the the rotation was just like it was too many plays well, in the rotation. T- you know, Thibodeau Thibodeau doesn't necessarily like to play. Deep into the rotation. Yeah. That's just normally what he does. So, mm-hmm. I, so I, I, w- I would like to say, like you know, I, you know, John, I want to you know get your thoughts on this. This is about like, do you see this being a sustainable thing? Knowing Tibbs, knowing you know, he's very well known for running his guys into the ground, and by the time playoff time comes, they're gassed. And you know, normally you get these first round exits or not much, you know, deep playoff runs. You know, unless you, of course you have Derrick Rose, and then you run into LeBron James at that time, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like the East is still very, like, there's like a, there's, there's a, there's a certain class that you have with Milwaukee and Boston. Um, Brooklyn's starting to creep up there now, as clearly as you can see. And then, like, there's everyone else. And I think from three down, it's, like, up for grabs. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, the Knicks can sustain it up to a first-round exit. That's just sort of like, that. that's the ceiling for me. Uh, Tibbs is doing what he does. He's tightening his rotations. He's making sure he's got people coming in that uh, that can defend. But first, before we get into that, I just want to thank Ernest for having me on the podcast. But I also want to let everybody else know that's friends with Ernest that if your team starts sucking and your record starts getting worse, be ready for that podcast to be invited. <laughs> that's what he's going to Listen, I've been trying to get John on the show like since last season, and like I was just like, damn, like the Lakers, we freaking suck, and the Bulls were ascending, and Lonzo's ball is playing this all-world point guard. And I'm just no, no. like, yeah, the Rosen is a, is a yeah, right? all star. We were supposed yeah, to sign, and we didn't want to sign. Like it's just yeah. game winners back to back. Yeah, best yeah, record yeah. in the East. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you know. It, it, I think you know. Being realistic, though, I, I think Tibbs. You know, he's going to do what he's got to do to win. That's always been Tibbs' mo. And this year, he's going back to what he did before last year, and he's playing guys that can defend and that can run the offense the way he runs it. And you know, the turnovers have been greatly cut down as well with the Knicks. So. They're playing really good, sound, fundamental basketball. And again, like Ernest said, like the rotations are tight. So that's not what all the other teams are doing. Not all the other teams are trying to like win. Like Steph isn't playing today, you know, like, so it's just, it's a very different 
uh, attitude that other teams are taking to these regular season games before Christmas as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, you know, the Knicks will be in the play-in. I'll be so shocked if they drop out of the play-in. They'll definitely be, you know, um, in my mind, they could sneak even up to a five, like a five through 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. But again, the Knicks ceiling, just because of the lack of offensive firepower for me is a first round exit in the playoffs. That, that's, yeah. that's a far, as far as they're going to go in my mind. So, Yeah, I, 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 I think in a playoff series, you know, you, you have Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson as your one-two because RJ Barrett clearly hasn't gotten there yet. Um, that that's it's it, it, you're you're limited to a certain to a certain which degree. is far more than I thought they would be this year. Like yeah. just yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. to yeah. to be clear, like they've been much better than I anticipated. Um, but still, with that said, you know when it comes playoff time, I, this is the consider, ceiling for me. What would you consider? Um, what matchups would be in the first round, or is it like, okay, whoever they play in the first round, they're gonna lose? Well, it's you know, so you're looking at the top teams right now, and you're looking at Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn, and Philly. So all those top four teams, if they're in the top four, I, I don't really see the Knicks really having a shot in a seven game series against any one of those four teams. Uh, the Nets could go dysfunctional again, so you never know. It's still early. Um, but you know, just in my mind, um, <laughs> you know, that's just where, that's just where I see it right now with the Knicks for myself. Like, unless they make a move at the deadline, unless they, uh, change things up a little bit, but again, in the end, talent reigns supreme in the playoffs, everybody plays defense all of a sudden. Um, and so it kind of like takes away Tibbs equalizer. I, I was used to this on the Bulls. Like he did this all the time. Like the teams that play great in the regular season, we get a one seed and then Peter out. Yeah. I, I I I agree. I think you know that that's the ceiling for the Knicks right now. Is the is the win streak sustainable? Um, to a degree, I believe. Um, again, I mean they've had some impressive wins, but like I want I want to see them like play Boston and what does that look like? I want to see them against these elite teams to kind of see is this just a fluke or is this something that you know the rest of the East has to like you know, bat an eye and say, wait, maybe these guys are the real deal. I mean, let me ask no, you real quick. Yo, yo, Eric, you seen this coming, man? Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes right now, right? Like, if, if the Knicks went on a seven-game win streak and, like, I know the question is, like, do you think it's a flu? Do you think this will continue? As a fan, I'm like, yo, I'm taking this. Like, we, we rolling exactly. right now. We, we exactly. rolling right now. They made the right adjustments. They played the young guys. And I know – Eric and, I, and they play defense. And they play defense. defense. We we get and the thing is that in crunch time position, uh, crunch time uh, possessions, you guys are giving Jalen Brunson the ball, and that was the issue I had uh, against the the Bulls the other day when they went to old team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julius Randle standing at the top of the key for X amount of time. Yeah, that's, up the shot that was a play. that was a classic tips play. But then, but <laughs> then, right in overtime, you guys gave Jalen Brunson the ball, and what did he do? He closed the game for you. So like, and mm-hmm. I've said this before, like you know. It's cool that Julius Randle can get you buckets, but the guy who's going to facilitate the offense and make defenses collapse is going to be Jalen Brunson. Uh-huh. So just put it, just put it. One hundred percent agree. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And the, but give the Knicks some credit though. And I think, like they, yeah. go ahead. I mean, they. I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference right there is Jalen Brunson. Like, 
he's come here. It's like, okay, this is going to be my team. So, and this kind of and took the pressure off of Randall. Just like get the ball out of his hands more importantly, and just let him go into the block and do his thing. So, but there have been, there have been times when like, uh, they've been having Randall bring up the ball at certain moments and it's like, uh, Tibbs, no, 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 we don't, we don't need that. We do not need that. So he just needs to get more creative in his offensive play calling, but maybe he's doing a little bit better of a job because he has Johnny Bryant on his side. But then again, they've been in together for the last three years. So who knows if he can like at least adjust to some kind of offensive structure or play calling that can at least alleviate um, Bruns um, Brunson and Randall and like try at least get some like get get the others involved like R.J. Barrett, uh, maybe some more post ups for Mitch, um, get some more bench scoring from quickly and once Obi Toppin comes back from injury because he's out with the leg injury we'll see where he ends up in the rotation so there's still more questions in there with that and also as far as the trade is trades coming up in this um in February we don't know yet but they still got the 11 first round picks they still got a, a boatload of second round picks they still got to consolidate their roster. So we don't know if what other moves that they that may that they might have up their sleeve. Well, so I'll say I'll say this: you guys are in, in a somewhat of a different position from last year. Um, I know that there was a, a, a show that we had where it was kind of like dead smack in the middle of the season, where both of our teams was in the same position, but. Mm-hmm. From the, the Knicks standpoint of view, it's like it's you guys are making these guys available, like IQ, um, D Rose, yeah, Cam Reddish, guys talks. that you could go yeah. like guys that you could get some get some decent value for it's now that the Knicks are yeah. playing well now. So it's like you guys are not not especially it also helps that you guys are on a seven game win streak. So it's like, all right, cool. You guys are like kind of transcending up. Um you might have you might have some good uh, offers on the deal that could kind of put you guys in the right place. I would. It's still before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Their schedule in late January beefs up a little bit more. So, like I said, like right now, you guys are sitting at tenth and in, in defensive rating and thirteenth in offensive rating. That is that is very impressive. That is a playoff team, right? Like if you have if you're middle of the pack on on or at least if you're near the top ten. In both offense and defense, mm-hmm. you tend you tend to be a playoff team. But again, um, <clears throat> again, I, I need to see this against the elite teams in the East, um, and mm-hmm. because more often than not, Tibbs does he does get out coached. So um, you know, it's 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 like are, are they going to regress and go back to the same old Julius Randle one man offense and things of that nature? Like I have to see when things really matter the most what 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 it looks like, but. We've 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 saw a good small recipe of what of what it can be for the Knicks if they make the right moves down the line. Remind me to your point, they have some pieces that may be good enough to get good value back. <laughs> it, any trade involving Evan Fournier is going to involve them giving up a pick. That 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 goes without saying. So um, you know, and 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 even even more so maybe Derrick Rose. So. Um, 
we got to see. We got we got to see what's out there and what what the moves they're trying to make. But so far, the Knicks look they look good. Um, you know, they're, they're certainly better than any of our teams that we are fans of in here right now. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, it's good to see. You know, in New York City basketball, with the Knicks and the Nets are right now playoff contenders as we uh, sit here. Um, but just think about perspective, though. Going back to draft day. New York Knicks fans were furious. Oh yeah. On draft day. So like, let's Listen, just really so, think about like where they come so, to now. Uh, and this, so let me, to me, so, is still like a like a building year for them. This like, mm-hmm, there's no yeah. championship aspirations here. Like, yeah. but there, uh, but this is a building year where they're improving. So, and they've got all those picks. I, you know, it, to me, it's progress for them. Well, yeah, I'll tell you this. Sure. Well, I'll tell you this during draft night. It was basically half the fan base was like, why the hell you trade out the 11 pick for more picks down the line? Other half was like, okay, I'm fine with them not for trading out the pick because if we draft someone at 11, who are we going to put on the roster to play? So it was like a, they damn if they do make a move, damn if they don't, they don't draft or. So yeah, it was basically half the, half the fan base was going that us. So. <clears throat> But it's aging yeah, well so far. So yeah, it, it is well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's aging well. Yeah, it is aging well. And they still got like a right And they still got the Dallas pick and the Mavericks. Oof, they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to think, to think back then, how the fans and and the media were was up at arms about the Knicks giving you know Chris Stapps for Zingas. Twenty twenty yeah. hindsight, you look now, that pick is actually worth something right now. So, um, some good and, foresight, and uh, you know, maybe Brunson. luck. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. And, and they still Jalen Brunson from Dallas. So um, next up on the docket, uh, a very sensitive you know, topic for me. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, as you know, um, right now sitting in uh, the 13th slot in the West at uh, 13 and 17, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, 13 and 17. Who would have thought um, a team of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, um, uh, you know, just can't get it together? And it's the second year in a row we're running into this issue of the fit and the roster construction and what the front office has done or has not done um, and the fear of Anthony Davis staying healthy. We've all had that fear ever since he's gotten to L.A. Um, and aside from 2020, albeit we did win the championship, there was a break in between. I kind of kept AD, you know, um, available for us. The last couple years, he's been hurt. And here we go again. Just like last year in December, an injury report comes out and Anthony Davis is hurt. You can't make this up. The same time this year, he got hurt in Minnesota. Um, he was out for the MCL injury. So um, the guy's been playing like an all-MVP um, putting up monster numbers, been averaging for the last, uh, I believe, uh, eight, eight to ten games. Anthony Davis has been averaging forty-six points, uh, fourteen rebounds, shooting sixty-five percent from the field. You know, over eighty-five percent from the free throw line. Like that is just like you know, those are Shaq like wilt like numbers. Um, and he was definitely on a tear. And what a way to kind of abruptly end that streak and that you know, um, you know, uh, progress for Anthony Davis with a as the Lakers report, a, a a foot injury, but it's not a sprain. Man's got you know? injured in the air. <laughs> he got um, injured in the air. Nobody so, touched him. 
listen, um, and now Anthony Davis is out for a month. This puts the Lakers in a very, very interesting uh, situation because, as my handle says, make a trade while Palenka. Uh, I've been an advocate of getting Patrick Beverly banned from Crypto.com Arena. Um, there is a GoFundMe account to remove Patrick Beverly away from the Los Angeles Lakers. He is a plague. Um, so I've been a, an advocate on trading Patrick Beverly um, just to make the move around the margins. Um because I feel like the team is, is is starting to turn the corner, or at least I felt like it right now. Um, and I think, you know, adding maybe a shooter um, or another big, just some depth that we need um, to help bolster this roster because LeBron and AD were playing at a, a top top two duo level, um, you know. And, yeah, it, it's, it's very um, interesting to see what they're going to do now. But... Um, let me get let me get JJ in here to, to chime in first because I know he's been you know chomping at the bit to talk about the Lakers and what they should and shouldn't do. So the floor is yours. What do you think? You know, given the Anthony Davis injury, what should the Lakers do from here on out? Should they trade the picks? Should they not trade the picks? How, well, if it's, if if he's only out a month, they don't need to do anything. Okay, it's not actually a big deal. Yeah, and you know it's. Um, you know, right now they're on pace for, you know, a, at best six seed, six, seven seed, you know, in my mind. And I have to admit, like, I have been the biggest uh, anti-Russell Westbrook person that you can come kind of come across. <laughs> but I watched the games this year mm -hmm. and he started to turn a corner. He looked like he was having fun and he was embracing that role. So Yes, yeah. as annoying as it is, he likes to do that whole carry the baby thing. But, uh, but, but um, you cannot win an NBA title with Russell Westbrook right now at this stage in his career as your third best player on your roster. It's just not going to happen, in my opinion. But all that said, um, the worry also with these kinds of injuries is how honest is the front office being. So, again, if it's just one month, it's really not a big deal, actually, at all. Um, the biggest part is the load management of LeBron James at his age, and it's always the risk that the Lakers have. They have two very, very talented players play, play at a very, very high level when they're on and that any team would love to have when they're playing healthy and on. But both players, LeBron is old. Let's just call it what it is. But he's doing amazing things at his age. And Anthony Davis, just this stuff just keeps happening. I just, I always just kind of wait for this headline to come out every year because mm. it's just sort of what he's been doing. Yeah. And so, and again, Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the NBA when he's playing like this. So the Lakers have a really, um, honestly, like I've been one of the, even with my opinion of Russell Westbrook, I have not been a fan of the idea of trading him. You know, if I'm running the Lakers because you're, you're trading at a low point, let him like get some value um, try to trade him when his value is a little higher and get him off the roster and try to get back an elite talent, give up the picks and do that. So if you feel good about AD being healthy moving forward and you feel good about LeBron's physical condition, yes, you package the picks and you trade Russell Westbrook to bring in another elite star that can help push you um, to an NBA title. You've got LeBron James. Like Le you, you didn't sign LeBron James just to kind of float in the middle of the pack. You should be in the top four easy and you should be in the second round easily every year. 
I agree. I, I have no qualms about what you said. Um, I I would say when it comes to so I'm, I'm very I'm torn personally when it comes to a, a Russell Westbrook trade because we you know I know for sure that LeBron James has no desire even though he should he has no desire to be the point guard for for the Lakers um, because he says it's taxing on his body and he he always wants another dynamic playmaker to play alongside him to kind of spell him in those minutes throughout the dog days of the season and or long minutes throughout his game. Um, and I've always felt like that decision or that stance um, has kind of hindered the Lakers in their roster construction of building. Because <clears throat> instead of getting guys who LeBron has notoriously notoriously played around with just shooters and guys who would get their own bucket without him setting them up, um, the Lakers decided to go straight for the fences and go for you know, a superstar point guard um, that relatively does the same thing that he does. And that's why I think that the fit was was is such an issue at times because if LeBron James can benefit with Russell Westbrook having the ball because he's a great cutter, he can get to the basket, he can shoot. Um, but that's not replicated when LeBron has the ball. Russ, if he's not setting screens because he's not he's not a great shooter, you know, defenses tend to lag off of him and pack the paint now, you it's know, like four or five pretty much. When right. He, exactly. When, when that happens. Exactly. Yeah. So I've, I've always been a proponent of if you're going to trade Russell Westbrook, it has to be a guy that can like a Kyrie Irving makeup that can. You have to have a shooter. Right. You have exactly. to have a shooter. Exactly. There's no way you do that deal unless you get a shooter back. But right. if you get a shooter back, it opens up the entire Laker offense. Right. They need it. Badly. Right. They need right. outside shooting. Yeah, for sure. The Lakers right now are dead last in three-point percentage um, in the NBA. So, you know, the game planning is easy when it comes to, you know, opposing uh, teams that come into the building. It's just pack the paint, let them shoot. Um, we don't have faith in them. So, um, yeah, if Anthony Davis is, is good um, and he's, he's back in a month, then, yeah, you have to continue to try to make this team better. But if not, as much as I hate to say it, if 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 Anthony Davis is not coming back, and let's just say he's going to be out until he's going to be out for another three months, you know, we're looking at March here. At that point, if I'm the front office, I'm not making any move whatsoever. Um, we we're not going to win without Anthony Davis, regardless. He he he's the key to all of it. So. Um, Amani, what are your thoughts on 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 what do you think the Lakers should do, um, and you know what what, yeah, what's the stance that that, that you take? Honestly, I think we should just chill out. Like, um, no reason to hit the panic button. I understand that you know, Laker Nation, we we want to win, right? And we get very impatient. You know, we on the the late night uh, Lakers talk show every single night, so <laughs> yeah. we can, we can feel that frustration from the rest of Laker Nation. But like when you look at some of the loss uh, that we've had in the past couple of games, it's just like, it, it hurts. It really stings, especially the one in Philly. Like Ernest, I know you went to the game in Philly and you know, that yeah, game was, was looking, it, we was looking like it was over. And next thing you know, like I checked the TV and we caught up and I called you. I couldn't get any service though. Cause you're in the arena, <laughs> but I'm like, yo, we're really about to steal this game. You yeah. know, we just needed an Austin Reeves uh, free throw and an AD free throw. And we, we, we take that game home. And then, 
you know, uh, play in Boston. That one really staying. I'm still not over it. Like, they're our nemesis. They're our rivals and everything. So, to come back from, like, I believe he was down 20, right? Mm-hmm. And then have a great fourth quarter, like, doing all the right things. They're missing shots. They can't even get a bucket, right? We're doing all the right things. And then to come down to the end, like, just, just stupid boneheaded plays, you know? And then once the game went to overtime, I'm like, yeah, we're not winning this game, man. I was so frustrated at this game. But, um, the AD injury, it was like, I would say it's like it was kind of something that was kind of like waiting to happen because you know we we all we all kind of like just grimace and grieve at the TV when we see him jump when we see yeah. him land all yeah. that stuff. So it's like it's you know, the scariest thing, John. Like it's, it's so annoying. Yo, it's, it's so annoying. When like, he falls, I'm like, oh my god, he's okay. Like is he okay? Yo, and at, I, least I, guys, at least your player can jump, all right, and it, run. Uh-huh. Think, <laughs> yeah, we're, I, we're gonna get to Lonzo Ball soon. <laughs> and I think, I think you, I think JG, you might feel the same way with with D Rose. You know, when he came back, it was like, yo, like every time he jumps, like every time he lands, you're gonna be okay. Sure. I felt, I felt yeah. the same way when Kobe came back. Remember, I remember mm-hmm. there was a game Kobe had dived into. He jumped over the first row. I'm like, yo, bro, what, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? You know, but with AD, it's just like, bro, like. Like he 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 made the layup over Jokic, and then next you know he comes up limping. I'm like, did he step on his foot? Like wh- what happened, yeah, right? It was and nothing. then the next play down, he hit Jokic with a euro step and made the layup and was still limping. And I'm like, all right, you you gonna walk it off? You gonna be all right? Like and next you know, I check back in the TV, he's out for the game. <laughs> huh? How? Like you was able to put pressure on it. You're in the tunnel. You're jogging. You're able to put pressure on it. So, like, I'm just so confused. I'm just so and, confused. And what, what's, what the also, like, lately, ever since the injury, he's been traveling with the team. He's not wearing a walking boot. He's not, like, so I don't know what, and that goes back to, to JG's point about, like, the front office. Are, are they being upfront about, like, these injuries and what's actually happening? Because a part of me could also, a part you of me also, you says, think it's the Ka- the Kawhi Leonard uh, get a get an outside doctor? No, no, I, oh, I hope okay, not. Okay, okay, um, okay, that's a whole different Kawhi's yeah, a whole Uncle listen, Dennis and all of that. He, he, Kawhi Leonard is finessing Steve Ballmer. I wish I had his job, but um, <laughs> he has the easiest job in the world. Um, but I think you know. A part of me wants to believe that maybe the front office isn't so upfront about it because if if you're in trade talks with teams, right, that price goes exponentially higher if 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 they find out Anthony Davis is not coming back. Now they know, oh, you're very desperate. And now you're gonna have to give up more in order, you know, to keep your team afloat. So I'm just like, are they posturing because they don't want to like let that information out and like they're, maybe they're acting like the the five-year line with a deal or something like that. Because um, th- those conversations have happened before. So I don't know. It's just a part of me, like, is thinking that as well. I don't know. Am, am I crazy for thinking that? But, I mean, all in all, what I'm going to say is that, like, you know, you look at the Western Conference, the Western Conference is wide open, right? You got the Warriors. They lost Steph. Steph is uh, – I don't I'm, – I'm not sure they give him a timetable, but, like – I think probably they give him up like, around a month. Like yeah, a month, they, they, they said three to six weeks. Right. Um, Charles Barkley has the Denver Nuggets being the number one C. I don't, I don't know why he's an idiot for that. Um, it's tough. What do you expect? And, right. Charles and then, Barkley. you know, like, sidebar, you know how bad it is for NBA, NBA TNT? The Knicks are blown out the, the Warriors and they're showing Warrior defensive highlights. That's how bad the cover is. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, the, the Western Conference is, is wide open now. You had some teams like the Sacramento Queens, like they made a leap, you know what I mean? But it's like, 
every time we we all right, cool. We lost in Philly, right? Then we turned around, we lost in Boston. All right, cool. We beat uh uh Detroit, and I forget who was the, the the other team that we beat. But it was like, all right, cool. We getting some steam again, and then oh, we beat the Nuggets. We beat the Nuggets, and yeah, then yeah, this yeah. happens, and then we play the Suns. LeBron's not playing. Russ not playing. The AR fifteen not playing. You know, so it's like, bro, like we can't get a break. It's like every and, time we and, go. Um, Speaking of not playing against Sacramento tomorrow, I don't believe that LeBron or Russ and Austin Reeves probably Bro, on the injury report man. as they may and be out as well. Right, so. and it's like, how can you get some steam when the guys yeah. are out? And then also, like, I know this is not a big needle mover, but, you know, somebody who's been given, in my opinion, who's been giving us really good quality minutes and winning Gabriel, like, I really like his mm-hmm, defense. Mm-hmm. I really like his hustle. Mm-hmm. He's also out too. So it's yeah. like, and then, and then also, I, me personally, I'm not a fan about him. I feel like he's all talking, don't do anything. JTA, I'm personally not a fan of him. He's out as well, too. So it's like, you know, I will I will wing that, you know, our front court. Like, we don't have that, you know. So we're, we got to rely on Kendrick Nunn and Pat Bev, you know. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to take a lot of bullets for this. But remember when Pat Bev became a Laker? I remember rewind a couple months ago. I said that Pat Bev was going to be a Laker. I called it. I called it. But but don't get me wrong. Like, that's a play that you would love to have on your t- – well, not not, nah, now, not on this <laughs> team. Not on this damn team. <laughs> but, but, like, <laughs> no. that's, a, that's a play you would you would hate to play against, but that's somebody that you want to go to war with. And, unfortunately, like, we're not getting that from him at all. Like, the guy could play 27 minutes and can only give you two points. Like, plus, minus, negative. Just a negative, you know, he's, so – He's shooting – he's shooting – 21 percent from three so it's like it's like <laughs> maybe maybe it's the weather he probably want to go back to the cold weather he said he wants to go back to minnesota so you know nah it's, it's roster construction man it's small it's small yeah. thank you John. it's roster construction <laughs> like, like he's being forced to make shots he's being forced to take shots he shouldn't be taking and right. he should not be in those situations and when he was on minnesota last year when i've seen him with the clippers the guy's a menace, like, and he's tough, and he is the guy you want on your team. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't give up on him yet. Like, that's not my approach to this kind of stuff. Is I like to be patient <laughs> and let's see how it all plays out. But I would not give up on him yet. Hey like, man, he, that's the guy. The if you get the playoffs, yeah. If you if you get the playoffs with this guy, you're gonna be happy you have him defending. John Morant in the playoffs. You're going to be glad you have him like <laughs> playing him and defending him because you could do a lot worse yeah. than having Patrick Beverly defend somebody like him. You, you know, you, you know, I, I would I would say good good point on that for sure. But the problem is, is when you have a GM that says we view Patrick Beverly as a three and D wing and he's six foot two, like. Well, that's, what? that's what? a different thing. I'm trying what? to get three <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not logical. I, I can, I, and I will definitely sh- send you guys the clip. He at at, at uh, the opening press conference for the season media day. He he stated, "We believe that Patrick Beverly is a three and D wing." Right then and there, I knew. I said, "We are. We in trouble. You we in trouble. We in trouble." We're in trouble. And, to your point, John, about the roster construction, you're absolutely right. Because when have we seen Patrick Beverly initiate offense? Yeah. Like, and on top of that, why are you why? And this is where I question Dar- Darvin Ham. What like the politics of things? I understand, you know, the the big acquisition in the offseason was Patrick Beverly, but you're starting him with that's, Dennis Schroeder. That sounds crazy to say at the same man. time. So it's like you have two six foot two guards as your as your 
as your two, as your one and two. And then you're starting Lonnie Walker, who's only six four, as your small forward. And then, yeah. you're, then you're starting LeBron and AD. And it like, it just, it makes no sense to me. It's like, that's not, Patrick Beverly's not a starting point guard in this league. I'm sorry. Right. He's the guy that comes off the bench and he mucks everything up. Like he's he's the he's the gritty guy. Yeah, in, the in, Jose you know, Alvarado. Yeah, he's that type of player. Yeah. You don't start him and and he's running your offense. Right. It's just it's just it's it's yeah it's it's very frustrating. Um, the roster construction is, is is extremely questionable and disappointing for what you know this Laker front office is able to come up with. Um, a trade has to be made. Whether it's sending Patrick Beverly to Cambodia or either you know trading Kendrick Nunn, um, but you gotta you, go. I, I'm I'm split on the Westbrook. Damian Jones gotta go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm split. Gotta go. I'm split on trading Westbrook because of the playmaking. I believe his playmaking is super important when he comes off the bench. Um, he's found a role where he can like literally. There are games where the Lakers starting five starts off flat. We're down by double digits by 11 minutes to go in the first quarter. And by the six-minute mark, when Russell Westbrook comes in, the Lakers have the lead again because of his run. So I, I, I think the playmaking helps a lot. He has, he has such great chemistry with Anthony Davis when LeBron is off the floor. It just gives another dynamic of an offense that we can provide and give trouble to um, in the playoffs. But at the same time, I'm a guy that wants some depth back because I don't believe in our bench. I don't right. believe in a lot of the guys that we have in, when it comes to playoff time. So, like, if I can trade Russ and I can get back, you know, P.J. Washington or a guy like Kyle Kuzma or, you know, just, just you know, one of these wings that are out there or, or DeMar DeRozan, dare I say, um, it's, 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 it gets back us it, – it, get, it, it gets the Lakers back depth that they can, like, you know, spread the wealth around. And now they have some wings on the perimeter. They got guys who are actual 3 and D and Patrick <laughs> Beverly is a, is a guard. So it, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I'm torn on, on, on trading him, but also if, if they're going to trade him, it has to be for a guy like, like, like a Kyrie Irving makeup. It can't just be for like, you know, like for instance, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Lakers trading Russell Westbrook to Chicago for DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. Like right. if you're if, like if you're gonna you're, you're you're not solving the problem if you're doing that. So right. like because now if you, now if you if you move if you move off Russ and you take that Chicago deal, you don't have a playmaker now. I can spell LeBron. Now LeBron has to play point guard. So it's just you have to consider the, these 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 options around. And if if nothing's gonna net you a guy that can like spread the floor and shoot the basketball, um, like a Kyrie Irving, because I want Kyrie Irving on the Lakers. Um, then it, it to me it makes no sense to, to, to trade Westbrook unless you're gonna get ample depth back and a and a a, a decent um playmaker um coming back in that return. But again the Lakers are are that they're they're back against the wall and teams know that. So let me let me ask you tough. this question then. So the just thinking about this, just all right, so the year ends and let's just say you know eighties injuries worse than you anticipated and uh the year ends and you end the year with Russell Westbrook on your roster. Are you re-signing Russell Westbrook? <laughs> because oh. I got to follow up to this question. Um, it, it depends on the price. It, yeah, it, if three for three for seventy, that should do it. It depends on the price. So you want him back on the team? I'll take him back. 
I, I, it depends on the price. It dep- I, I would say this. I would say this. I, I, it's not a definite yes. It's not a definite yes for me. I, the, the, the important piece before I even get to that decision is what's, what is the rest of the roster going to look like before I even consider resigning? Well, this back? is where I was going with this. So if mm-hmm. I'm the Lakers GM and in my season is pretty much lost because AD's injury is an issue or LeBron gets hurt again and it kind of turns into a repeat of last year. You've got, you look at the free agent class. It's not very good. Mm-hmm. Like Fred Van Vliet and Kyrie Irving are like the highlights yeah. of the free agent class. So how are you going to construct a roster without trading Russell Westbrook to someone and attaching picks and getting a contract off someone's books that they may not want? And does that set you up? for the next year because again you still have lebron next year you Mm -hmm. still have ad next year and so i i that's where the only reason i brought that up is i don't fully agree actually i think this the choice becomes a lot more simple if the lakers season ends up turning in to a repeat of you know the last couple of years that's just something to chew on right yeah no no I, i i i totally understand i totally agree um it Again, it's it's a tough decision that they have to make, um, and they have to make the right one because it's there's there's they don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> LeBron is not going to be here for the next five six years, even though you know the, we've heard he wants to play until he's forty five. Um, you know, I, I it's just you got to be realistic um, with your options and, and understand where you're at now, but. Hopefully, you know, we get some good news in the next couple of days about Anthony Davis and it's not as severe as we think or, or worry to be. Um, and they can just, you know, proceed as, as they should. Um, but, yeah, they, they have to make a move to improve this team no matter what, how you slice it. I, I, they're not a championship roster right now, for sure. Um, speaking of front offices, um, man, the Chicago Bulls, what is going on in Chicago? I mean, you know, having a ridiculed or injury, like just ridiculed season last year. Um, I was very high in Chicago, as Eric knows. You know, we had our, our, our highlight of our season last year was that he thought Chicago wasn't going to be any good. And I was like, you are on, I wasn't. on dust. And, you know, <laughs> I, felt, I felt Chicago, that, that, that makeup of the team that you guys built last season, I thought was going to be really good. And they proved that until they got ridiculed with COVID and injuries. Um, that kind of derailed their season. So I, I, I kind of figured, you know. I, I think was rooting for DeMar, man. I yeah, was I was very him. happy for DeMar and how he played yeah. last year. And, yep. you know, I, I, I thought Chicago was going to go only up from here. My only concern was, and I said this in the offseason, I said Chicago has to make, they have to make, no, 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 not even, not, not even just the Bucks. I was like, Chicago needs to just make one move. And that one move is to get a point guard to yeah. spell Lonzo Ball because I wasn't, I wasn't confident in him coming back, um, and they haven't done that, which begs the question, for me is, did they shortchange themselves because they knew they had to pay Zach the max, and then on top of that, um, do they feel that they have a contending type of roster? Um, to pour money into to make sure they stay afloat. Because, I again, I, I felt if they brought the same core back and all they did was just add a dynamic point guard that can spell or at least keep them afloat until Lonzo is healthy, 
Um, I thought Chicago was going to be, you know, one of those top of the top of the teams in the East. Um, but now we're here. They're eleven and eighteen, um, sitting at I believe thirteenth, thirteenth in the in the East right now. Um, I don't know, John. Well, where, where? Well, what, so well, I, I got a, I got a question real quick. What's the, what's the yeah. timetable on him? Is he? There, it's infinity. Yeah. <laughs> because I, no, I see what you guys. I see what you no, guys the okay. today, like, No, they're saying like, Lonzo. He's he's having trouble walking. So that's a. Dude, really he can't jump. jump. Yeah, yeah, he, he can't, can't jump. jump. He has trouble walking. So, so that's I've watched a really basketball concern. before, and jumping's kind of important. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So look, um, he, yeah. Here, here's the thing. So I'm just gonna like whenever something like this comes up, and I've been getting blasted with texts from Ernest about this. Um, so whenever something like this comes up, I like to pull it back for a second. Let's look at the facts for a minute mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. remove the emotion from the entire situation, and let's really look at this. So here's the facts: Bulls with Lonzo Ball were 22 and 13, one seed going into the All Star break. You got Zach Levine, Demar Derozan talking about how they're the best duo in the NBA. All right. Mm-hmm. So not that I agreed with that, but that's what they were saying. After the Lonzo Ball injury, the Bulls were one game over 500, and they're 11 and 18 so far this year. So let's just think about that for a second and why when we were talking about Anthony Davis's injury and why it's before Christmas, even with the Knicks, it's before Christmas. In this season right now, it is before Christmas, before we start <laughs> jump to conclusions. I am not going to say, hold on, let me finish. I am not going to say that this is going to happen, but one year ago today, the Boston Celtics lost to the 76ers, and it dropped them to 15 and 16. And what was everybody talking about about them? The Boston Celtics need yep. to trade Jalen Brown to the yep. 76ers for Ben Simmons. That and that's what everybody was talking about. Those two can't play together. They mm-hmm. don't work well together. There's no chemistry, all that kind of stuff. You're so, all that, I just want to cover that piece of it first. Second thing, if you're going to blow one other thing, that a couple other things actually. So, the Bulls led the NBA in attendance starting in 2009 and held that streak going all the way up to 2019 where that streak ended and then in 2020 where that streak ended as well. After those two seasons, what did Bulls ownership do? They changed their top of their their basketball operations and they got rid of John Paxson and Gar mm-hmm. Foreman because mm-hmm. that wasn't cutting it for them. They got the biggest stadium in the NBA. They want to fill that thing. Mm-hmm. So that right there. So what there was the sort of marching orders that they got was to be aggressive. The Bulls front office was tasked with being aggressive to the point where they trade. They just threw picks out like they were nothing. And they went out and got Vucevic. They gave up a pick for DeMar DeRozan to bring him in. They gave up a second round pick to bring in Lonzo Ball and all of that. So I only set this up for a second just for everybody to kind of realize they didn't just go aggressive just to run into some look. Losing to the Minnesota Timberwolves and giving up 150 points 
without Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns is about as low as it can get. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're beating Miami by 13 by right now. So we'll, they're beating Miami by 13 right now. But when people say blow it up, like what I really want to know is for what? So you blow it up, all right? And then let's just look at this for a second. So the Magic have our pick this year. And it's top four protected. We can get down to a five at best. The bottom four teams have a lock on it. So if you get down to the five, and let's just say we end up around the six, seven, five, six, seven, Orlando gets that pick, and then they have their own pick, which is going to be around a five or six or seven pick mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in helping Orlando <laughs> build on their really solid core out there and bring in two really young, talented people mm-hmm. in a deep draft like this. That sounds real scary to me. But we're kind of tanking already without trying. So in my mind, like the only real logical thing to do right now is one, you could do a few things. And depending on the deals that come to you, would I like to get out of Zach Levine's contract? Absolutely. I don't think that contract's going to age well. I didn't like the contract when we did it. I felt like we were kind of cornered into doing it because because we had really no choice because of the way the salary cap works. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to point out, no real free agents coming along next year. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are not going to be in the mood for a rebuild. I read you the attendance numbers. Like yeah. The Bulls also had the best away attendance record in the NBA last year, too, followed very closely by the Lakers, and then right after that, the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. So draw is important to the Bulls' ownership. They made changes for that. They are not going to have an appetite for that especially when you don't have your own pick next year and there's yeah. all that risk mm-hmm. and i'm not betting on ping pong balls flying around and <laughs> landing in my right direction zero interest in that other thing to point out bulls have their 2024 pick yes that's good bulls also this year get portland's pick which is lottery protected so let's yeah. just say you deal Vucevic, you know at you know for something you know, for ideally maybe a first round pick later, I that would be amazing. But on a guy on an expiring contract to somebody and you shed that, but you kind of hold on to your core. I've got no interest in getting rid of DeRozan, no interest in getting rid of Caruso, as those are guys you can hold on to. I think DeRozan's game ages well. He takes care of himself mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't really, he's, he's a mid-range guy. That's how he produces offense. But again, if you can get me out of Levine's contract, and I had a plan for replacing Levine with a max player next year. That makes sense to me, but I don't really see like a, a logical thing because the Bulls also, it's top ten protected, but the Bulls also in twenty twenty five don't have their first round pick because it goes to San Antonio. Right. So, mm. like, look, I love the aggressiveness that we showed. It was like a breath of fresh air after like, oh, we're going to actually try to win. That's great, but with that comes risk and you don't just go blow it up when you hit, you know, what is it? Where are we on the second month of the season? So we're two yeah, months third, in yeah. Yeah, three months. Yeah. Just about, so yeah. I just, I've always seen this many, many times in the NBA where things start out a certain way and they end a little differently. I'm not yeah. saying the bulls are winning a championship. No way. Am I saying that, but I am saying that I think the bulls could, they have the talent to do it, to pull into the top eight. Where does that get you? I don't know. But what I do know is I've at least got a first round pick next year. And then maybe I don't help Orlando get 
like an incredible pick that's all the way down around the five or six. And look, we may just suck all year and be in this position and be at the seven. We still got a 33% chance to drop in the bottom four. And at least I didn't have to lose assets to do it going into yeah. next year that where I'm trading low and getting bad things back. So those are, I'll leave it there. Those are the facts as I see them, but, <laughs> um, but hey, I, I am all I, for a different point of view. I, if, I, someone's, if someone's got something logical, that makes me better. <laughs> it doesn't give me like a rebuild where I'm like back to the Garpacks era. Oh. The Chicago White Sox fans are renting billboards outside Comiskey Park right now, like roasting the Reinsdorfs right now for not trying to win. So, like, huh? yeah, we are getting sick of this. Like, we are a major, we are the third biggest city in the country. Yeah. We should not, uh-huh. no, we should not be doing rebuilds and the Lakers shouldn't be doing it. The Knicks shouldn't be doing it. When you're in a yeah. major market, you should not uh-huh. be talking about rebuild. Like, yeah, no. there's no reason for it. And no also, I will right. say, which is one more thing, uh-huh. I do feel very strong. Right now, by the way, that Portland pick would be a 17 pick, the 17th pick in the draft if the season ended right now. And on top of that, uh, I do not think that the Bulls shifted this approach, not thinking about free agents for later. They wanted to turn themselves into a free agent destination where people would want to come play and where they would see that they're trying to win and not doing a rebuild and not like the Jerry Krause years. <laughs> um, so I, I think that there is sort of this cultural shift that they were trying to make. Yeah. So a rebuild just doesn't doesn't fit into what the way they've been acting this entire time. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of where I see it right now. I, so I I have a small challenge to that. When it comes to again, it was reported, it could be true or not true, but Sam Sharani from the from the Athletic is pretty damn credible. Mm-hmm. Um, can that dynamic between Levine and DeRozan be solved? Because it, what it seems as if it's the you know, Levine was out most of the year last year, and, and DeRozan was carrying the Bulls for the for, for the majority of the year. Um, heroic efforts, of, you know, with game winners and clutch moments he's had last season. And you know, Zach is now on this new max contract deal. You know, the Bulls are, you know, essentially building around him and making him the focal point. Clearly, um, uh, you know, for me, you know, I like to locker room stuff does affect the decisions of the front office as well and how they sure. get to move and pivot. So, you know, that that's that's my concern when it comes to Chicago at, at this juncture, especially because of the losing. Are, are you going to worry about that right now and jeopardize your future as a result? Look at what they did in Philly with Ben Simmons. We all thought they had to move him as fast as they could, and look what happened. They ended up with James Harden. I think they got fleeced in that deal, and it's not going to age well, in my opinion. But, right. um, you know, that's, uh, that's another story. But um, – but in the end, as a GM, your job is to be unemotional. Your job mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. look at the mm-hmm. facts. And again, yes, I have the pad out. I'm a facts guy. So, like, <laughs> you know, I think it's really important for the GM's job is to step back and be level-headed about these decisions. And so, yeah, if, you know what? You're paid millions of dollars. If you've got to coexist with someone that you don't really like that much for a year while we kind of figure out the next path forward, yeah. Well, there's, there's no real reason to jump the gun, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And 
let's just last year the chemistry was great. What was the difference? They're a one seed for, for the beginning yeah. of the year. So yeah. they were winning. So yeah, that changes everything. So I do think, and this is where I give the Bulls front office a lot of flack, is not knowing the extent of Lonzo's injury. Yeah. I'm worried that he's never going to be able to play mm-hmm. basketball again, personally. Yeah. It's yeah. reminding me a lot of the Greg Oden situation where everyone mm-hmm. kept waiting and uh-huh. waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come back, and he never did. And so, like, yeah, that that definitely gives me a lot of concern that their answer to that was to sign Gordon Dragic. You know, like, that's not an acceptable answer if you <laughs> don't know the extent of Lonzo yeah. Ball's injury. And, I mean – you got doctors working for you. So like, mm-hmm. come on, like you, you mm-hmm. need to know better than this. So, so that's really where I fall. The Bulls front office is not having a better backup plan to that. But, um, but cause, because if you really look at it, Vucevic, DeRozan and Levine, none of them are known for defense. Not right. Yeah. They brought in Caruso and Lonzo ball to make up for that. And we were getting transition baskets. They were mm-hmm. causing problems in the perimeter. Yep. Those two, were fun to watch on the defensive side of the ball. That's mm-hmm. actually where it's missed the most because you're not creating those transition baskets. Levine's not getting out running. Yep. And he, yeah, so. No, good, great points, John. Um, you know, again, I always wanted to get a perspective from, you know, a fan that's like, like entrenched in what's going on with, you know, with, with that city and that team. So um, good insight on that. And I, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm on par with what 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 you're saying. Like it, it makes sense when you really break it down. Um, I'm again, I'm just concerned going forward if they can't solve this issue between Demar and Zach. What is the next step going to look like? And for what it's worth, you know, ha, you know, it's it's now, now your you know your value is kind of depreciated a little bit the the, long, the further along DeRozan uh, gets in his career. So I'll be honest, I want to extend DeRozan. So, like, like for me, he's the type of player you want to keep around. He sets a good example. He's shooting free throws after games when the gym's empty. Like, he's, he's that work mentality. Instead of Zach Levine blaming his coach when he's only scored four points. And it's like, you know, he's being sat out in the final two, three minutes. Or when you've got Vucevic yelling at you for not covering the weak side. Yeah. I got a problem with that. Like, yeah. you know, uh-huh. and... And yeah. honestly, these tempo issues that the Bulls have without Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine should be able to fix them. So I would like to personally, I want to have an honest conversation with him and say, is your knee healthy? If your knee is not healthy, mm-hmm. we're going to shut it down. Like, let's just, like, this isn't working, so let's get your knee right. Yeah. And when you miss the first two games of the year without it being, like, like knee maintenance. Yeah, that was weird. the first two games of the yeah. year. Yeah, like, that, was, that was a red flag. Yes, it was. And, so, and, it, and it's, it was right after he got the money. It was just like, wait, well, all of a sudden now your knee's an issue. It's, it's, yeah, it's very weird. Very weird. It just was odd that the Bulls, and this is my big problem with how the Bulls run the organization, and this is Jerry Reinsdorf textbook. They signed Billy Donovan to an extension. We don't even know the terms of that extension, and it was just <laughs> done in the offseason, and they didn't tell anyone. So, like, it was, out, the way it was they, out of blue. Yeah. yeah. It was literally it's the way they way. operate. And yeah. so like, so like, look, like I, I don't like the situation we're in, but I also am a big believer in just not making things worse. And like, if things, 
let's see in a month, you know, where we're at, you know, and let's see where the season's at and where it's trailing. And if, you know, I, I'd rather get something back for players that aren't going to be back next year. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think uh-huh. blowing it up and I even try to like, look at some scenarios. Like there's not like a really, like, even when you're trying to like, I was looking at like, Oh, Vucevic maybe to the Miami heat. Well, the matching salaries is the problem. Huh. Like, mm-hmm. like we don't like the players they're going to want to send back. We're not going to want to take on those contracts to make the matching salaries work. Right. So, so it doesn't, there, there's not like a real good solution when you look at the trade market because of the box that the bulls have kind of put themselves in. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, John. And um, I, I think um, this is a good time to segue into, you know, as as the Bulls may be a mid, early midseason disappointment, mm-hmm. um, we can talk about midseason, early midseason surprises. Like, you know, what are your, what are your, what are your teams right now that like surprised you? And like, maybe this is not a fluke for them. Like they're actually maybe a contender or a playoff team. So for me, the the surprise for me is that, you know, going back to the Timberwolves, um, I thought they'd be better earlier, you know, and again, I, I think that that's going to change as the season progresses. But I, I thought adding Gobert to that team was, I thought it was a high price to pay, but I did think that it was going to, I thought it would play out a little better than it has so far. So when they're not playing the Bulls, yes, you know, they're not, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, uh, I think they're underperforming a little. So that's been a surprise to me. I got to be honest, the Sacramento Kings have been a surprise to me. Um, that has caught me off guard. Um, and that, I did not have the Kings playing this well. And I, yeah. I gave them, I was a little more optimistic on them last year and they really let me down on that. And I sort of wrote them off a little bit, but um, I, I've been a little surprised by the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. I mean, sure. yeah, Mike Brown has done a hell of a job turning that team around yep. thus far, having them competing. So, um, yeah, definitely. The Kings are, are definitely one of those teams that are, are a surprise. Um, Eric, what you got? Uh, my surprise team, but on the disappointing side, the Toronto Raptors. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, there's some, something, something's not right with that, with that team. I mean, Scotty Barnes, he's not, he hasn't played well. Um, Fred Van Vliet, yeah, but at the same time, I expected him to be play better than he has played. Um, Fred Van Vliet is another guy who's been in and out of injury. Um, Pascal Siakam has been balling like an all star. But they're become they're about to become a team in that area where it's like, okay, do you want to start to think about going in this other direction or try to compete for a playoff spot or play in because they're starting to drop down in the standings and and them and the Bulls are right neck and neck. And don't look now at the Magic who won six straight and lost last night in a close game to the Hawks. They crept up back into into playing to contention. So I I I expected the Raptors to play to be way better than they'd have been, been playing. Um mm-hmm. do I see them improving? Hopefully they get the stuff together. Um just like and that and the then their problem is their defense has not been good at all. Like last year they were they were like one of the top 
like top of the half in the NBA in defense and defensive rating. This year they're not, um, and that's that's the hallmark of Nick Nurse. So they're gonna have to clean that up, and 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 yeah, that's my that's my surprise team right there. Um, <clears throat> I'll go with the the Pelicans. Um, we all seen their defeat last year against the Phoenix Suns, and usually, like, you know, when you have a a group of young guys, right? You know, the league and spectators always say, "Well, they're going to be great next year." And sometimes they don't; they just don't live up to that. But they have been. My only issue was that they're losing the teams that they should be like beating. Um, I know they lost to Utah twice in the past two weeks, I believe, and it's just like, bro, you can't you can't lose to Utah. Like Utah doesn't know what they want to do. Um, and like you have all this firepower, like Zion is playing really, really good. Like Zion can give you like a really, really good game and then like come out and get smoked by Giannis, you know, the the following game. Um, also with Brandon Ingram being in and out of the lineup, um, they were still able to hold down the fort. I the biggest thing that surprised me was that like that they're they're not afraid, you know, and that's the type of energy that you need to have as a young team, especially like I'm alluding to the the game against the Phoenix Suns, you know, like and Zion made that point. Like we all know, like we all phase of the game, we all know that you know when a team is up big and you have the ball, you're supposed to dribble out the clock. But Zion was like, nah, like you gotta send my homies out out the playoffs. So like this is this is not just a, a game where we're going to win the regular season. This is like a punctuation. And as far as the Suns, like, they haven't proved anything. But, like, they've been sitting top dog of the West um, for the past couple of, couple, of, um, couple of seasons. So, like, Giannis – I mean, excuse me, not Giannis, Zion. Zion's like, yo, we're here too. You know, like, we're coming for that spot. And, like, you're on a list. You know what I mean? So, um, just the Pelicans just been playing really, really good. Um, I remember watching that game that – uh. Jose Alvarado, like, scored, like, 30 against the Nuggets. And, like, that was a, a huge, big deal for him. Um, like, you can definitely feel, like, that the city, that the that New Orleans is definitely behind them. Um, and that's the type of energy that you need. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Thunder back in 2010 when they made that playoff run and they ran up against the Lakers. Like, just having those young guys that are hungry, that's like, all right, cool, we lost. But, like, all right, we're definitely going to, you know, show you guys. And they, that's what they did. The Thunder dominated the league for the next couple of seasons. Like they eliminated us uh, in 2012. Um, went to the conference. Matter of fact, went to the finals that year. You mm-hmm. know, returned to the the conference finals against the Warriors in 2016. So you know, the the Thunder made like they they put a lot of people on the hit list. You know, and they showed people that they were true contenders. Obviously, couldn't get the job done and win the championship. But you know, the Pelicans just been out here just like gunning. You know, so. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. My my John and Armando, you guys took my two picks um, with Sacramento and the Pelicans. Um, it just hurts to see the Pelicans be good and the Lakers be bad because obviously they own our pick this year. Well, it's a pick. <laughs> I know Eric and I spoke about this. <laughs> it's a pick swap. So evidently, if the Lakers do tank, oh right? Like if the Lakers God. do tank and they let's just say. For the sake of argument, the Lakers end up with the number one pick. The Pelicans can say, "Yeah, we're gonna swap picks, and we're gonna take the number one pick from you guys, and they can get Wimby, Olowo, Zion, and Brandon Ingram." So yeah, um, I mentioned that like, earlier. Yo, that, mentioned will that, earlier. Be, that will finally determine who won the trade. If that, yeah, that is the worst case I, scenario. I, I, oh my god, I, 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 I am will, fearful. I will be hearing from you for a couple months. I, I will <laughs> no, you won't. You won't. Guard a bridge, everyone. Guard a bridge. Um, 
<laughs> but um, yeah, those two teams were my surprises for sure. Uh, my disappointments, though, will uh, the, the, my first uh, acknowledgement will go to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, mm. After you know, not not really going in on Brunson, and or at least losing him for nothing made no sense whatsoever. They overplayed their hand back in January at the deadline. Um, they felt his market wasn't as high. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of tampering from the Knicks. We know this, um, you know, to, and they had it all. They had a CAA and everybody had to set it up. They set it up. You know, they had, they had his pops work for the organization and everything. We get all that. But, you know, again, Dallas made a mistake uh, losing Brunson for nothing um, and or, you know, trying to play their hand back in January. When Brunson thought his, you know, at the, at the time, I think Brunson only wanted maybe, I think it was 20, 20 extra million on top of what he was getting mm-hmm. already um, from Dallas. Dallas felt like that was a little bit too expensive, and they felt that the market would have been a lot cheaper for him than Brunson balled out in the playoffs, and then here's a hundred dollar, here's a hundred million dollar contract to the Knicks that. Yeah, that did not make any far. sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Like immediately during the playoffs, if I was the front office, I'm making a move to keep Brunson or. If I know I'm gonna lose him, I I I, I make a deal with you know like I have to set myself up. Um, and he's playing like an all star right now, so yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Right right and, now, if the all star game started, I think Jalen Brunson is an all star for, sure, for and, sure. And Mark Cuban doesn't strike me as the type of owner that penny pinches. Right. So it was just a very odd, peculiar move on my part. Like just from, from me looking at it on the outside, like yeah. I, I thought they were going to keep him. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially mm-hmm. how he performed in the playoffs, man, and you know, how, like he was the one of the main reasons why Phoenix could not do anything with them um, in that series. And um, they didn't add anything around him to elevate that roster. Like they added Christian Wood. Their offseason um, uh, acquisitions were Christian Christian Wood and. JaVale McGee, like, all right, like that, that does nothing when you already had the white power Max Cleaver on your team. Like, I don't understand you're adding more bigs where you, you, you lost another playmaker that Luca needed to spell him during minutes. Now Luca's doing everything. Um, and if they continue on this trend, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't foresee Luca staying there. Um, if this is the thing that, you know, Dallas is going to do, I, I do believe Mark Cuban will wake up and, and ensure that the front office makes some moves to, to improve the roster. But they're they they have been a disappointing team thus far this year. Uh, right now they're sitting at uh, I believe the eleventh or tenth spot right now uh, in the Western Conference. Um, then my second um, most disappointing surprise team would be the Golden State Warriors. And the reason why I say the Warriors is because oh we lost Eric for a second. Um, the reason why I say the Warriors is because I understand they've gone through they won the championship and it's the championship hangover they won. I believe was it five titles in the last. It's really years? crazy. They they can't win on the road, and then, right. that, that says a lot. They're three and sixteen on the road. That's crazy. Um, they lost. They 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 lost Otto Porter Jr. They lost Gary Payton uh, the second. Um, I really thought you know at, at the very least you know they were gonna you know at least keep Gary, Gary Payton. I thought they were gonna re, uh, re-sign him. Yeah. But losing him. And I and I get it, you know, Joe Lacob and, and and Bob Myers, you know, their money is long. And you know, Bob Myers, well, Joe Lacob has been on the record saying, you know, they're, they're willing to go and pay that tax bill, but clear as day, uh, maybe they're like, wait a minute, this is much this is too much of a bill to bite. Um, because of they're not, not bringing back Gary Payton Jr., not bringing back Otto Porter Jr., 
they they probably thought, you know, hey, we have a we have a farm of young guys and Kaminga and Moody and 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 uh Wiseman and the other guys are gonna like fill in those roles. You know, I questioned in the offseason that that's a lot to put on these young guys who've never been in that situation before. Yes, they've been in the finals, but like this is something consistent that the Warriors have been doing. They're just getting there. Uh, I felt like that's just it was just a lot to put on those young guys to perform well. And you know, thus far, they've already sent um Wiseman to the G League. Um, you know, he's he's expected to be back, but again, um, I, I just he's back I, I, I tonight. Okay, good. So I, I but I, I just don't think it's just a championship hangover. I think the roster is an issue for the Warriors. And uh given the fact that now you look at Steph being out, um now now it's hurt and 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 Clay Thompson doesn't quite look the same. Um he's had he's a little older. Right, he's had course, he's, he's, older. Do, do, do y'all think? There, but. Do, do y'all think that's the this is the 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 end of Clay Thompson? Or do you think he have like one more? No, I, a, a guy like Clay Thompson because yeah. of his shooting ability, you, you can never. He, he he'll always be serviceable, like mm-hmm. like because he can shoot so well. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, though, it, it, he has you know the you know digressed a little bit, obviously because. Of, you know the, the lower extremity injuries that he's had. You, you can't expect him, you know, to be the same player he was two or three years ago. Right. Can I ask you a question? If you had to pick whether or not the Golden State Warriors would be in the top six by the end of the year or out of the top six at the end of the year, and your life depended on it, which one are you picking? I'm saying they're in. Yeah, yeah, they're in. Before Christmas. No, I get it. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I'm with you that it's Mm -hmm. disappointing, but this is just one of those teams where I just don't worry about it. Like, and maybe I'm just being naive, but they've got the best shooter I've ever seen. And they've got Mm -hmm. a team that plays defense when it really comes down to it. And they've got elite talent. I I just feel like, I feel like they're going to come around and we'll see. And I, I wanted to put that on the record, but. You can call me out on it later, but yeah. I, I definitely yeah, think they, that, that yeah, they, oh, yeah, they've been getting really they've been getting blitz in this East Coast road trip, and yeah. they yep. yeah, yeah they're down by almost I, thirty right now. I I just think yeah. when it comes like here's a, here's here's the biggest piece like depending on how long Steph is out is is the hole too 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 big for them to crawl out of that that's. That's that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, if, if they keep if they keep getting, and I get it, the West isn't as as inflated as it was before. It's a very, it's a it's a parody thing going on right now. Yeah. So, you know, so it, it it it, I just feel like it's it's bigger than just like the championship hangover. I I, I I legit have questions about their roster construction, and you know, as much as we want to, you know, like. Look over the Draymond Green issue. I, again, I, that dynamic also is there, and and you know his free agency is looming over the team, and what they're going to are they going to keep the you know Clay, Dre, and Steph all together? Like all that stuff to me matters, and like with championship teams like that, like when contracts get into play and who's getting what money and like the last dance, usually that breaks mm-hmm. up. The last day. So this is gonna be the test of their, their dynasty here coming up here. It's the last to me, day. it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be like whether the young dogs coming up in the West with Memphis, with the Pelicans, mm-hmm. like are these teams gonna be able to unseat them when it comes playoff time? It's gonna be fun to watch. Um yeah, for sure. and, and we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, we'll see if they're up for it. So yep. this is the um, last dance. 
Yeah. And before and Jordan we Poole and Scott Burrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Scott Burrell. Jesus. Oh man. Yikes. That's a that's a name I haven't heard in forever. <laughs> Scott Burrell. Jesus. That's like that's he, like he became. That's, I kind of actually. Became, I gotta admit, I kind of forgot about him. <laughs> like he, he was that, under his like, double banger. Like, like it's okay, crazy. Yeah, right. Him and <laughs> Randy <laughs> Brown. Decent games. Yeah. Randy Brown. Yeah. Randy Brown. Like, <laughs> I, actually, I actually forgot about it. I watched that. Like, oh, oh my God, Scott Burrell! Jesus Christ! What a crash dummy he was. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, before before we end the show, uh, I know we we're going over hour twenty here. Before we end the show, um, I just want to get you guys' last thoughts on MVP. Uh, who do you think right now is it should be the MVP? Um, or, or even to make things even better, easier, give me a, give me a top five MVP uh, in order um, so far this year. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it has to be Giannis right away. I mean, he's mm-hmm. carrying his team. They're a one seed. Giannis is playing, too, in the games, and he's uh, – you know, Milwaukee's got some issues, I think, in their roster construction as well, and I don't think we've got their final roster moving forward, but um, I don't see how you can look past Giannis uh, again. And I think Durant is coming on. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, and I think sure. it's going to be real hard to ignore what he's pulling off right now um, and mm-hmm. kind of keeping that team together. Got to go with John Morant. Um, Zion, for me, then, would be, like, fourth after that. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I thought Luca would be five for me. Um, mm. but he just hasn't, I mean, it's not his fault. Like he needs help. Um, you know, and he's definitely doing his part, but yeah, I can't, Anthony Davis was in the conversation for me for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. he was starting to come on, but still early, but those would be my top four. I don't know if I have a five. So. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. for me, I'll probably, and it, it kills me to say this, man, but he's going to be a Laker in the next couple of years. Uh, uh, I know where you're going. Jason I can't Tatum. believe I forgot about him. That name, Jason Tatum, man. <laughs> Hit that, yeah. that, that cold-blooded fadeaway against LeBron, man. Like, bro, I understand you've been in the lab with Kobe, but you didn't have yeah. to hit that shot, man. Um, yeah. Jason Tatum, um, I will go with Embiid. Um, Joella B, like the numbers he's been putting up has just been really crazy, man. Um, like in, in terms of like like the be- some of the best performances we've seen this season, you got to put him up there. You got to put AD up there. You got to put Jokic. Jokic just put up a crazy stat line um, a couple of nights ago, and I feel like Jokic is starting to come into his own. But not uh, – I'll probably – okay, so I got Tatum, mm-hmm. Embiid, Giannis. I'll go with Jokic and – the, the fifth one is kind of hard because, like, yeah, I want to say Luka, but they're struggling right now. Yeah, I want to say um, Zion, but sometimes it can be a little bit inconsistent. Um, like, I, I need I, – I, for, for Zion's sake, I can't go off what he's done in the past because this is, like – this is fresh. Like, you got to you gotta be more consistent. You got to yeah. show me. Um, hey, he's shooting 73% from the field, though. Yeah, it's and crazy. he doesn't take threes. That's yeah. Like- Dude, and he is a and one machine. Yeah, like, he's yeah. drawing and ones after and. Um, I I can't say I really can't mm. say I got a fifth. I can't say. Yeah, I'm mm. gonna think on that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, what you got? So one, I got Giannis. 
Two, I got Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Three, Jokic. Four, I got Joel Embiid. And number five, I got John Morant. Not bad. Um, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, he's been a monster since he came back. I feel he like you won MVP last year, man. You should have won saying. it over Jokic. So yeah. you should have won yeah, it over Jokic. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. He had the big 53-point game against the Hornets. Crazy. Um Jokic, he had a 42-27 game um against the Hornets. News flash for the for the NBA fans. The, 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 the Hornets need to Jordan sell it all, man. Just sell uh, it all. Like, please. They they like to throw on a Raptors of like, oh like God, LeBron man. and Kobe. Oh. You know? The Hornets it's going just over. fine. Everyone mm. leave it alone. Everyone's going just as planned. So, <laughs> so there's me a final score. Knicks 132, Warriors 94, eight in a row. Yeah. So yeah. and yeah. tomorrow they're at home against the Raptors, another struggling team. Yeah, so they, they that might get, be nine. They should get nine straight. They should get nine straight. Um but def- def- definitely, definitely yeah. Then no, 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 for sure. Friday home Bulls, then Christmas Day, Sunday 76ers. That's gonna be the game to watch. Yeah, that's definitely the Knicks. The Knicks are going to Christmas on a what 13 game win streak. Um, ten, so that, ten that'll, ten be, week, yeah. that'll be that'll be pretty impressive for sure. Bulls beat Miami as well. So there we go. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, nice. Must be nice. Must be nice to get some wins because, yeah, the Lakers put out anyway. Quick question. I don't want to be quick depressed. question before we go. The yeah. Miami Heat, the Miami Heat. What's mm-hmm. wrong with them? Because they're, uh, I just, I said before the season started that the the PJ Tucker let him go to Philly is going to cost them, and they have oh, yeah, yeah, for they've sure. been, they've been well, off kilter all season long. So this is another team for me that's like going to be fine as it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I okay. I do think that. I had, they were in my, you know, in one of my disappointments, you know, kind of going into the year so far. But again, I've never really loved their roster construction. Though. Remember, and they, they, they big, my bad, they biggest signing acquisition was Udonis Haslam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, and Jimmy Butler didn't play today. So, you yeah, know, Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. didn't play today. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a bigger plan with Miami and how they're kind of staging this out. Um, you know, the thing about Miami is they, they are as smart as any organization when it comes to physical conditioning, their medical team, all of that, you know, and just kind of understanding how to get your, the most out of your players, like physical abilities. Mm -hmm. So, um, I feel like they're going to be okay as much as I hate Miami and I hate their fans, but outside of that, like, um, they, 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 they run a, they run a solid organization. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, before I know, I'll give my top five MVPs. Um, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis. <laughs> man, I wish, man. <laughs> but no, but no, no. Um, uh, realistically, though, uh, I, I would have to go with Giannis. Um, he's what he's been doing. He he legit could have been a three straight, four times straight, five times straight MVP. I just think, you know, the narrative with the media, they get tired of the same person winning. It's just like Jordan could have been MVP every year. LeBron same same thing about LeBron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, but I do think Giannis right now, 
you can't deny that a number one seed in the East, um, number one offense in the, in, in the league because of him. Um, yeah, I believe top three defense also because of him. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, Giannis is number one. Jason Tatum will be number two for me. Um, number three, I'm going to say Kevin Durant. And Ooh, yeah, he's a sleeper, is, but he's been, oh boy. Throughout Oof. all the crap Oof. that Brooklyn's been going through, <laughs> he's been the constant, you know, and now they're on up and up, you know, last night they, they, he put up 40, uh, uh, no, was the night, it wasn't even last night, but a couple nights ago, he put up 26 points in one quarter. Like, yeah. this, this is insane. Yeah, against the Pistons. Like, you know, I, you know, we, I, I think Kevin Durant is starting to creep in there. Um, I got him at three. I got Embiid at four. Um, can't deny what he's been doing. And five, um, it's it's a it's a it's a three it's a three player race between Zion, John Morant, and Luca. That's like depending on for me. That's like where where they at with the seating right now. I got to put John over Zion. Memphis is playing well. Let me let me um, ask real quick. Where where does and I, I where where does D book stand? Uh, <sighs> I lost respect from after what what happened to him last year's playoffs game punked by Jalen Brunson and them. And and Luca Luca's his father. Yeah. Crazy, no, That's but crazy. no, but still, I cannot get over the fact that they were down forty at home in the game seven. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I just can't get over that. Hey, listen, it's a new season. It's a new season, though. I know. I, look, I, yeah, listen, I feel I, you, though. I, yeah. I, it happens. Look, look, hey, listen, Kobe got blown yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Finals yeah. game. Yeah. By, you know, you know what I mean. Like, and, we lost to the Celtics by thirty in the finals game, the Clinton right. game. So. It right. Happens. That's right. It happens, it happens, it happens. Right. And and, so, and and we lost to, to Phoenix in a game seven and they felt like Kobe let like quit on the team. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that was that was both on the road. This was at home though. That's yeah. different. I know. I, I, I get it. But I Booker I, he's he doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I, I think I think he's deserving to be in that conversation, especially last year. Um I, honestly, I just, I just think that you know the, the media and like just the NBA discourse, they don't like the Suns. They just not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah. They don't like yeah. the Suns. Yeah, screw the Suns, and, man. And and well, I, it's I also the West Coast, like time zone. Yeah, like, yeah. And, you're, and, you're not playing and, your games. Yeah. Might watch Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix is not like a big market, you know. So like and they're doing push-ups after they beat the Magic. Get out of here, man. Yeah, hey, listen. Whatever they do for social media, but um, yeah, corn balls. <laughs> there's a lot of hate for Phoenix here. I see. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but I, again, I, I I think Booker doesn't get enough uh, uh, love around the league for what he's done. Um, I, I just think he's he's in a you know what he is? He's in the middle of the pack type of guy that's like the Donovan Mitchells of the world. You know that, mm. like he's he 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 can't like you question can he be the guy? Now, I don't know if Devin Booker could be the guy. Like if you look at look at the top five MVPs, like you know you look at Giannis, you look at you know KD or you know Embiid or you know. Uh, uh, would, would you say like 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 Indiana Paul George, like? Mm. A, a guy who is out there just he's just better than Indiana bucket. Paul George. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah he's yeah. better than Indiana yeah. Paul George. Okay. I would yeah. say like Orlando Magic T Mac. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. like around that. Like 
he he needs more around him to and like he 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 can't like I don't know it's just Booker's not the guy like you know how Donovan Mitchell's like you can't have him be the focal point of of like your your of your offense of your team right like he's not the lone superstar like you you're gonna need comparable pieces around and really good pieces in order to uplift his game of course. so I think Booker's in that category like. You can't just say, like, you know, you could throw LeBron on any team and, like, all right, they're going to be a championship team. You throw Giannis on any team, they're most likely a championship team. Like, he's not of that caliber, at least yet. So, um, I just don't think he gets enough love, though, like, for sure. Like, I just mm-hmm. think because he's in the market of Phoenix, I mean, it's just one of those things. Um, but um, I just want to yeah. add one thing. I should have yeah. put Joel Embiid in my top five. That's insanity. Yeah, because uh, uh, I'm sure on Twitter they were like, "Who the f is this guy?" He forgets to do yeah, I, I lose all my credibility immediately, and I would understand. <laughs> no, but um, to, to conclude this, um, John, thank you so much for joining us on the Switch Hoops Podcast, episode 33, the Scotty Pippen episode. Or the Patrick Ewing episode, Jesus Christ. I feel like Draymond's going to make a LeBron somehow, <laughs> somehow. Or, or we could call it the, the, the Creole Du Jabbar episode. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> or Larry Bird. Whatever you guys right. want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, John, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Really, really good to have you on, man. We're definitely going to have you back, um, especially if we hear some news coming out of Chicago very soon, hopefully, um, what's going on with them. And um, until next time, guys, uh, we got the all-star break coming up. You know, trade talks are happening. Um, January's coming up, so. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Um, Maybe we'll do a trade episode. We'll just, like, throw out some trades and, you know, throw our cap, cap, you know, uh, our, I would say, um, what what do you call it? The, uh, I would throw our front office capology <laughs> caps on. We gotta get and, Sean, we gotta get Sean on that, yo. Sean yeah, saw some yeah, wild yeah. trades last year. Oh man. lord. We'll, 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 we'll get Sean <laughs> on here as well. Who's who's taking some front office classes with the NBA? So that'll be great to have. Um, with a GM. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, because he's Sean's a Miami. He's, he's, he's going to Miami, so like it's. Uh, he was the guy suggesting that uh, you guys trade LeBron, right? Yeah, 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 that's the I, guy. I was nodding yeah. in my car listening to him. You know, we need to have both of them on the show and let them have at it, you know? Yeah, um, we, we just need a jam-packed episode, man. Yeah, like, for sure, know? for sure, for sure. But, um, but yeah, again, thank you guys. Peace and love. You guys be safe. And until next time, I'll holler at you. Cool. Peace. Have a good night, guys. Peace. Good night. Peace. Lake Nation, man, 65 and 17.